Today is Giving Tuesday, a day of global giving to nonprofit organizations that are important to you. On this Giving Tuesday, all of us here at KZYX would like to thank everyone who has donated this year. As the global pandemic continues, KZYX continues to adapt to bringing you the latest and most up-to-date information in our community and nationally. Your donation is vital to keeping this kind of programming on the air. Please consider supporting local public radio in Northern California by making a donation today at kzyx.org. As always, we thank you so very much. If you'd like to learn more about Giving Tuesday, you can search online with the hashtag GivingTuesday. Thank you very much for listening. It's on now to Mind, Body, Health and our host, Marvin Trotter. Good morning, Marvin. Good morning, Marty. Thank you for the introduction. Um, Giving Tuesday is an important day for a lot of organizations. Uh, today we're going to talk about several organizations, but I thought that having uh, Megan Allende as the CEO of the Community Foundation would be the um, great person to talk about um, giving in Mendocino County, um, I saw, you know, the fifth thing in the newspaper about what a wonderful thing the community fund was doing in our community, in our in Mendocino County, and I thought this would be a great match for the radio show. So, first of all, I'm going to introduce the jefe uh, or CEO, Megan Allende, of the Community Foundation. So, hi, Megan. Hi. Thank you for having me, Marvin. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. So I think uh, let's start with just who you are and give people a definition. You know, 25 years ago, I saw this fund in Humboldt County and thought, my gosh, why isn't there one in Mendocino County? They were doing all kinds of good things in Humboldt County. And shortly thereafter, some people got it started. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's now been 27 years, and um, the whole point is to keep local money local um, and kind of to create a treasure chest and um, keep it forever. So that's sort of what a community foundation does for the most part is um, donors set up funds with us for a specific charitable purpose with the intention that we'll keep those dollars here in the county forever. So... Um, and we're at about $40 million at this point, which is an incredible accomplishment for a county our size. And you've done that in spite of, you know, my personal experience losing my house. I thought the community fund did a phenomenal job with the fire relief. I mean, it was uh, not only the amounts of money, but the effort that your small staff, you know, did to... Uh, help the community during the fires. It was really remarkable. Uh, congratulations. Who's your guest on the show with you? Well, as you speak about fires, that's perfect uh, segue into okay. um, Rose Bell, who's our communications manager, but she's also most importantly the project manager for Mendocino Rock, which was our fire recovery effort that you know started in 2017 with the fire where you lost your home we also responded to the 2018 fire that you know have also impacted um, households but thankfully not as many and is in the process of figuring out if we need to respond to the current you know fires of this past summer um, we're still trying to get our hands around how many households were impacted but we are ready to do so if that's what's required um, and that is one of rose's many responsibilities um, but she's here today to talk about that uh, just a little bit longer 
period of time to describe the structure of the community fund. You know, the board members, the, you know, who sits on it, how are things decided, um, what's your major focuses in the community, how do you break things up? I'm just trying to get a better idea for the community as to, you know, how it works. Uh, <laughs> how it works. Uh, that's what's the beauty of a community foundation is, um, you know, a lot of what gets decided is kind of driven by our donors. So, you know, in the early days, truthfully, no one really knew who we were. And so thankfully, there were some courageous folks who had this concept and wanted to, to make a gift to the community. Uh, so some of our funds got very specific. I think the one most people understand are scholarship funds. So we Somebody you know, lost a loved one and decided to create a scholarship fund in their memory. So that was kind of the early days. And at this point, I think there's 36 different scholarship funds. Um, other, another effort that happened, um, you know, probably closer to 20 years ago was to establish a community endowment fund, which is an undesignated fund, which people give to with this intention that the community foundation and its volunteers will determine every year where the need is greatest throughout the county. Um, and that fund now is a collection of several different funds together. It's like $7 million. And through that, every year we put those, the way to explain is we put the, um, that money in the stock market and of the gains, we make grants into the community. And it's quite an endeavor because we have seven different regions of this county with volunteers in each region. They read many, many applications from the nonprofits in those areas and help us determine where the greatest need is in that year. Uh, so that's kind of one part of our work. So you kind of have the scholarships, you have this undesignated money. We also have something called a donor advised fund um, where donors choose, they have a fund, they direct the giving from those funds. Um, we love to partner with them and help them give locally. So that's another sector. And then we have something called the field of interest funds, which at this point, I think, Rose, what are we at? 28, something like that. Something in that and, yeah. And, and those are, they cover all sorts of things. We have one for the environment. We have one for art on the coast. We have one for animals. We have one for COVID-19 response, we have one for disaster, so they're just topic-oriented, and what's beautiful about those is lots of givers come together and create those um, buckets of money, and then we also make grants out of those um, every year, So, um, and we use volunteers for that, those review process and also for our scholarships, so uh, while it's a small staff, it's also a small staff with an army of volunteers out in the community. So Rose seems awfully... Um um calm for someone who's been doing the fire um fund well we're three years in as i'm sure you know marvin that uh this this december actually december 4th in just a few days marks the third year of the community foundations since we established mendocino rock the long-term fire recovery team so um you know we raised over three million dollars for that effort uh and additional funding that we got partnerships um, from community uh, organizations and we have gotten you know the majority of survivors that we were able to assist have made it back into long-term housing um, 
we are literally finishing up the last couple of houses now, you know, kind of waiting for final permits. Um, so it's been a long effort. I'd say I was a lot less calm about two and a half years ago but uh and now you know with covid hitting it kind of that that layer and we've talked about that with the fires it was a finite disaster it started it you know had a short time period that was very painful for a lot of people um and then it was kind of over and then there was the long recovery whereas in covid we are in a very slow moving but very large disaster and so our response around that is kind of a little bit of a different beast that we are thankfully learning a lot from uh all the work we did for fire response yes and i i personally think that covid may be worse the next six months than it's been the last six months um winter etc yeah, that's one of our concerns and in some of our grant making and the funds that we've raised for our COVID relief efforts is trying to hold some of those funds for 2021 because we anticipate um, that we are going to get hit. You know, the, the case numbers are rising nationally and locally and um, individuals continue to be impacted and will continue to be impacted as well as all of the nonprofits that serve those critical services for our communities um, that most need it. So we are really trying to focus some efforts on having funding for 2021, trying to raise some funding to help nonprofits through this as well. First of all, I remember Megan was going to raise a half million dollars for the fire fund and you said $3 million. And I think that uh, take it a moment to consider that the large majority of that money came locally, correct? That that it's it's significant portion of it did. Yeah, large portion. Of it, you know that 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 the community has responded to its neighbors' needs um, in so many ways, and are, and is doing it again in the COVID. And I know KZYX is you know wholly not wholly dependent, but largely dependent upon contributions or we wouldn't be on the air. You know, it's really uh, remarkable that in a community of less than 100,000 people that you had this sort of uh, community giving and outpouring uh, yes. to make, the, make us a better community. Yeah, I think, I think that's um, I mean, one of the things I love most, you know, about this community is um, <clears throat> you're in, involved in an endeavor um, at the local hospital that's honoring you know people i mean it's it it's people just do this here and i it's just like one of my most favorite parts and um every time i meet with a donor who wants to to make a legacy gift that's contemplating you know their kind of final impact and and wanting to give back i mean it's just extraordinary how much everybody loves this county they love the people here they want to see it grow and thrive and I don't know I feel really blessed to live in a place where that is a value yeah so just to let the listeners know uh we're talking to Megan Allende and Sue Bell did I say Rose right? Bell Rose Bell that's close it's Rose Bell uh from the Community Foundation it's www.communityfound.com right dot org org sorry you're an organization okay. org. i'll get this right before the show's over um i also want to you know just you know it's a giving tuesday and i know that um 
Um, there's a lot of people out there, and as we talked about the community, Charlie uh, Evans and I give a $5,000 scholarship at the high school for nursing students. And I think that people uh, realize what importance, I'm going to talk about young people for a second. You know, when you're growing up in this community, there's a limited number of things. There's not, you know, 16 different factories in town. There's not, you know, you can't go work for, you know, AT&T down the road or switch over to, you know, Spacebook or something. And I think that the enormous effort that's put into uh, the school kids in high school and college, you know, the College Foundation, the High School Foundation, is a remarkable thing for the education of our uh, community. Could you talk about, um, you know, are things as good as I think, Rose, or, or um, I mean? Yeah, you know, um, I think that um, supporting the youth and the young adults that are going into college through scholarships is definitely one of the things that has inspired our donors. Um, as Megan mentioned, we have 36 scholarship funds. And to date, over the history of the last 26 and a half, 27 years of the Community Foundation, we've awarded one point, over $1.6 million in scholarships to, um, let's see, seven, 778 students to date um, over those past 26, 27 years. And so, you know, that's work that the foundation does, but that's also the work that the locals in our community do to be able to give to the next generation and to be able to help um, so many students that might not make it to college or that might just need that little bit more to kind of cover some of those expenses. Um, and it's really rewarding. I sit on one of our scholarship committees um, for the arts and to be able to listen to these young people's um, ideas of what they're planning to go out and do in the world and what inspires them to follow the passions that they have. It, you really understand why donors become so inspired to give to scholarships and you really get to see how one scholarship can make a difference for a student. Yeah, I saw this one uh, nurse that um, uh, Channing Cornell, Cornell at Ukiah um, high school alumni association put charlie and i together with and she's working as an rn at the hospital and is the first person to ever go to school in her family or to you know get past high school in her family and like you say it's it's um it's just a great feeling to donate um what if what what uh, would the community foundation like the biggest message to the public to be today you know, is there a overlying one or just the knowledge that you exist as an umbrella and that, you know, most anything you want to do, you all can help with? Or what's the major message that you'd like? Yeah, well, we started working on COVID-19 response, which we haven't really chatted about too much yet. But when we started that project and started raising money, I think what we felt like the message was for people then is if you don't quite know where to give or how to give, but you want to make a difference, give to the Community Foundation's COVID-19 fund because yeah. we're spending a lot of time staying connected to, you know, I, I think at this point, the number of different organizations that we're using to feed people is, is something like between 35 and 40 countywide. So, um, you know, and the same goes with for individual assistance and for supporting the nonprofit sector. So, you know, we take that really big view and then we dial it down so the donor doesn't have to. Um, but if you know that you want to 
feed people in your community, in your neighborhood. You know, we want you to send a check to Food Bank in Ukiah or Fort Bragg or Walala. Like, you know, if you know that's where you want it to go, you know, just do that. We want you to do that because our goal is to make a difference throughout the entire county. Um, and we want to encourage everybody to give. So I think we're, we're better for those bigger sort of higher kind of, um, you know, umbrella ideas. Um, same when, you know, so that's kind of how I would look at the whole picture. If again, if you just care about the environment and you don't know which nonprofit you want to give it to, you give it to our environmental um, education and fund. And then we deal with the grants and we figure out where are the best projects this year. So that's, I think, the difference between working with us. Also, we're good for those, you know, potentially larger gifts. Um, also, legacy giving, meaning that someone gives in their their estate or their will. Um, it's kind of an end of you know life gift. Um, that's where we excel, and we do make the donor's wish come true, and we make it come true forever and ever. Um, and and that really works nicely for the legacy giving. Rose, did you want to add something? I was just going to emphasize that countywide impact is that, um, especially with our COVID relief um, and and a number of our of our other funds, is that if you really want to help the whole county, because we really look equitably at all seven regions of the county and use uh, you know this equity framework to make sure that we are serving all of the communities throughout our county that need assistance, COVID and otherwise. And so, if you know, like Megan said. If you really want to support your local food bank, please support your local food bank and give them the money they need it. Um, but if you really do want to help the whole county, um, the Community Foundation is a great way to do that. And we do have a number of funds that have specific, you know, areas of interest. And on communityfound.org, you can go to um, for donors and it'll have a list of all the different kinds of funds. And you can donate large or small. You don't have to come in it. A big dollar amount if you want to give a little bit um you can give any amount to to our funds one question i had for you i think you know with the fire okay that person's house burned down it's a very concrete discrete sort of thing what are their individual needs covid to me seems like medusa that you have this hundred headed monster how, how do you approach covid so well <laughs> We started uh, thinking kind of along the same lines as the disaster, and we thought, okay, individuals, you know, we have to help. And um, quite honestly, you know, because the, the other fire was still rather new, right? Uh, you know, it was a lot to kind of come up, okay, how are we going to do this? And I always acknowledge um, um, uh, Sonoma Clean Power. Um, they called and said so are you going to have a fund and i was like uh, uh she says we i said she goes we want you to feed seniors i'm like okay if you're going to send us a gift we'll feed seniors and then savings bank of mendocino county also came in and said you're going to have fun we'll be a lead donor and that's what kind of got us going um so initially the focus was feeding people i will be quite honest you know people were sheltering in place there was a sense that, you know, food was tight. So we started off thinking we had to feed people. So that was the first area. Um, and then we thought about individual assistance for folks who, you know, may not have been able to go to work, were running tight on cash. They might need to, you know, a utility bill, um, you know, or a, 
a rent payment. Right. So that was the other portion. So the very first piece was it, it was really directed to the individual for feeding and um, individual assistance. Then we started talking with West Company, and there was you know a focus on we need to help small businesses. So the community foundation went well. Okay, now we'll have a fund for small businesses. So we created the business innovation and resiliency fund. Um, we were thankful to get an anonymous hundred thousand dollar gift that we had to match locally. And on that topic of local giving, it was very successfully matched at one hundred and twenty. And so we had two hundred twenty thousand dollars, and we worked with West Business Development Center. And I think we put out forty six grants into the small business community countywide with two rounds and the most beautiful thing happened is some CARES Act funding, government funding is coming in to do a third round through West Business Development Center um, this December. So we'll add to that 46, hopefully um, maybe you know get us uh, even more small businesses in, um, impacted. And then the third area became very clear that our, our nonprofits, because especially in, in a rural area like this, Government actually doesn't do a lot of the face-to-face -face engagement with the um, with folks that are in need. It actually comes through the nonprofit sector, and so we really need to keep our nonprofits solvent, so that they can take care of the individuals and support them and help them, and you know, and enrich them, including our our arts organizations and our environmental organizations, which we're very concerned about because people are thinking more about feeding people. So please remember them in your giving. Um, but that became another area that we said we have to support the nonprofit sector. And that's really uh, the main focus of the community foundation normally is to support the nonprofit sector. So then um, between um, grant making dollars um, that we received, also matching that with small local giving and um, the community foundation's resources, um, we, we Put together about five hundred thousand dollars of grant making um, directed to the nonprofit sector for this fiscal year. Really, so really engaging them. Yeah, a half a million dollars. You yes. know that's that you you. I mean, I was just on a conversation with the you know the Alex Rohrbach Center. You know, usually we have this gala the third yes. Saturday in January. Guess what? Yeah. It's not happening. You know, the Boys yeah. and Girls Club, their crab feet. It didn't happen. You know, it's yeah. it's um, it's hard to be a nonprofit when you can't have your event. The event of the heart isn't happening for McAvin for the first time in 34 years. Yeah, yeah, and that, and so that's that's what we're worried about, right? But they still have to provide services because we need McAvin, we need the R, we need Boys and Girls Club, we need all of those organizations, and most importantly. Um, we need them to survive, right? If this, we hope this is a blip on the radar, but you know, if we lose a lot of our nonprofits right now, it's just, you know, it's, it's just very hard to, you know, Martin, you were there from the beginning of the arc. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you don't want it to go away. So yeah, so that's why our, our COVID program became a three-pronged project. It's that it just, so complex. I mean, and and you're right. There's pro there's still more. We've done a bunch of conversations trying to identify what the next wave of needs are. Um, you know, we definitely are concerned about you know education attainment. Like, it's just gonna. It's hitting everybody everywhere. And and some ways we're not even as aware of this. We will be down the road. But mental health's huge. 
as I said, education, the equity issues um, in our community are just showing everywhere. And we have to all be attuned to them and be thoughtful about how we can strategically address them. So, Rose, you had, you know, um, is this a sign of excellence or mental health disorder that you've done the fires and COVID? Is yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazing and insane. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's actually, you know, it, it it's nice. Let's see, how can I phrase this? It, it, it's really valuable that we had the experience of the fire recovery efforts because we actually, I was thinking about this as Megan was talking, we, the shelter in place order from Mendocino County went into effect on March 19th. And we started the ball rolling on March 28th for the COVID-19 relief fund, um, following those conversations she mentioned with Snow McLean Power and the Savings Bank of Mendocino County. And so we were, you know, our first six weeks or four weeks of sheltering in place with an entirely remote team were extraordinarily busy. And the reason, you know, one of the reasons that we were able to do that so quickly was because we had created some systems and an understanding of how to do certain grant making to individuals um, and, you know, with a team that's tight and, and works well together. Um, we were able to kind of launch what is actually a pretty significant program quite quickly. You know, we've raised uh, uh, just under $1.9 million. Um, that includes cool. grants that we that we have, you know, sought out and um, a lot of, of other efforts to cover kind of the management of, of launching such a program. But to kind of get this going so quickly, and to raise those monies definitely is a sign of how important giving is to our community um, that they were able to, you know, we put out these matches. We were trying to match the COVID-19 relief fund and then we did a match for the business innovation fund um, and and people really responded and we exceeded our early goals. Uh, you know, when this started, we thought we, we could raise $300,000 and send it out in food and be sussed and we've raised more than that and we've sent out more than that in food uh and not to mention the other the other areas i read food food america said that their um business has increased 52 percent this year or i don't know hearing that from local food banks as well that their increase is significant um you know 50 percent. some have even doubled um in certain weeks depending on you know where we are in this pandemic um and so we have been fortunate um with some support from the county with some fema and calfresh funding that we were able to provide support to food banks and senior centers with some of their grocery expenses uh, which has been really nice to be able to have some designated funding to really continue helping there after we put out some of our original grants um, like megan mentioned our first concern was feeding people and so we pulled some funds together to do that and then our second concern was individual assistance to help people with rent and utilities and some of those. Um, and those funds, just for anyone listening, there are still individual assistance funds available for those in need. And um, North Coast Opportunities is providing, we've provided grants to NCO, Mendocino, um, Coast Children's Fund and Mindanoma Health Alliance on the coast. And so we, we really wanna make sure um, that funds are available throughout the county but NCO does still have funding available for all regions of the county for individuals that need help and they can apply at NCO 
inc.org um, or by calling them at four six I think it's seven thirty-two hundred. Yes, four six seven thirty-two hundred. They can call and leave a message, and a case manager will call them back. Might take a little bit, so please be patient um, because it is a process. NCOs North Coast Opportunities. Correct. Yeah, the farmers markets. Believe it or not, uh, I know someone who goes to all the farmers markets. They've had a doubling of the people that come to farmers markets. It's a way to get out of the house. It's safe. It's outside. They get great food. And it's. I thought that was an interesting, um, you know, I would have thought it would maybe the opposite would have happened. But people are out there enjoying the farmer's markets. So, Marty, so, um, do you want to start? Um, we're on the phone with the Community Foundation, Rose Bell, Megan Yende. Um, Do you want to start uh, making an announcement for phone calls? And Megan um, is going to be stepping out. Unfortunately, she needs to hop into our board meeting, um, but I'll stay on the line to help answer any questions I can. Okay. Hi, Megan. Thank you, Marvin, for having me. And thank you, everyone in this community, for what you're doing to make this work. I mean, it is a group effort <laughs> to get through this pandemic and to support our local organizations and everybody in this county. Yeah, I want I want to I want 2021 to be a non you know non year. Okay, <laughs> nothing happened. No earthquakes. Uneventful. No Uneventful. Right. So Marty, are you still with us? It's Rich, and yes, I am still with you. I'm sorry. I'm reading. You have Marty on your yeah. line here, Rich. Yeah. I haven't had my it. doctor yet. Hi, Rich. Go ahead. So we're taking phone calls mm -hmm. for Rose Bell at the Community Foundation, but you know, if the high school or college or food bank or hospital, uh, I have their numbers here. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll take a, just a moment uh, to tell you that, you know, for the high school, call the, high, the Ukiah High Alumni Association, Channing Cornell, 485-7096 or C or C Cornell three at AOL.com. You can call the high school, the, the principal, Gordon Oslin, uh, Yareli Macias, uh, the vice principal, Katie Fairbang, wonderful woman who does great work at Mendocino College, 468-3164. Um, you know, the food bank, um, the hospital, um, I'm gonna put out Eileen's phone number I, I'm giving a, a money to UVMC, uh, Aline Brown at, at uh, 462-3111. I'll tell you, just as, a, as we're waiting for phone calls, uh, the hospital has had a huge impact on it. Uh, it, is, it is damn near impossible to take care of all the sick and uh, the catastrophe that the COVID has done on the hospital. And then you get put off a lot of your uh, operations that are, you know, what you what you make money at. Um, it's it's a hard thing. The hospital's still um, doing a lot of stuff. I don't know if I should announce that my wife is getting a procedure this morning. I guess I won't tell you what it is. Uh, she'll get upset. Anyway, the hospital's operational, but it's a hard thing when you have COVID. Um, you know enormously increasing your expenses and um, we have nine people at UVMC right now 
and it's growing as far as the COVID patients. Um, things are things are rough. Okay, I'll let you go, Rich. I don't know why I was calling you, Marty. I still no calls. I'll let you know when we got a call. Okay, Rose. Is there yeah. a particular fund that you'd like to speak about? You know, we talked about COVID. Is there, you know, something in particular that you'd like to hear the listeners? Well, I do think the COVID relief fund is important. Um, and we do have the COVID-19 relief fund that helps individuals uh, and nonprofit organizations in the county. Um, also, the Business Innovation and Resiliency Fund, which has been giving grants to micro businesses, which is five full-time employees or less, through the West Business Development Center um, is running a third round of grants uh, for small businesses, and their deadline is December 4th. So for uh, small businesses that may be listening that need some assistance to help them pivot and adapt to working um, through the pandemic, definitely check out um, West Business Development Center's website and look for the Business Innovation and Resiliency Grant application um, because that deadline is coming up at the end of this week. Um, there's, could you tell people what West Company is? Because they're a phenomenal little company. They have they they helped us start our palliative care business. Um, it's incredible the expertise. And tell just say a word about the West Company better than I could. Yeah, the the West Business Development Center helps um, uh, local Mendocino County small businesses uh, kind of get both off the ground for people that have ideas uh, that they want to launch their own small business. They provide a lot of training and education and coaching. Um, and they also support um, businesses in Mendocino County that are actively up and running, such as with the Business Innovation and Resiliency Fund, which in addition to providing funding, they're also um, providing some business coaching. They've helped people secure some of the federal funding that has come down the line um, as a result of the pandemic. So they're an excellent resource for any um, business in Mendocino County that is struggling and needs some guidance or some support um, to to really help them kind of not just during the pandemic. It, they, they are there in good times and bad. It's, I funny, um, a quick aside, was introduced to them as a kid when I was 12. They had a class that was called, um, I don't know, entrepreneurial skills or something. And I, as a funny little 12-year-old, thought that would be great fun. And so I took this class, and it was all these adults starting their businesses. And I was just sitting there with my notebook um, because I thought it was fascinating. And uh, Yeah, and it was your start. <laughs> what's that? What was your start? I mean, yeah. what an interesting thing to, for a 12-year-old to do. <laughs> what, what, what got you to go to think about entrepreneurial I don't training? know. I guess I just thought it was really interesting to, to learn about how to start a business and how to take an idea and turn it into a, a concrete concept. And so, yeah, as a 12-year-old, I that's when I discovered the West Business Development Center um, was going to that class. Yeah, and Sheila, you know, West Company got started 30 or 40 years ago, and they have worked a long time. And I can't imagine how many small businesses uh, have been helped by them. Absolutely. Yeah, just um, from this one um, program uh, that has run two rounds of grant making, there was 172 applicants um, for grants and 46 received grants. But it just shows you the impact of the pandemic on the small businesses in our community um, that are struggling and they really need support to try and, and make it through. 
Yeah, buy everything locally. You know, the one thing about the pandemic that just breaks my heart is Amazon has gone off the charts. Absolutely. Like Jeff Bezos didn't have enough money to begin with. Now he's gone from 100 billion to 160 billion. I mean, it's it's buy local. And they're they're one of the only companies that is hiring like mad right now because of that. Um, and it's so hard because that those local organizations, you know, especially when one of our some of our small businesses have gotten hit with having an employee test positive, you know, and they've had to shut down, you know, just that disruption, the ability to stay open during these days, it's really hard. So I agree, buying local, buy early, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of these people say that half of their income comes around the holiday season, you know, where it's a it's a significant amount of their sales for the year. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just a quick reminder, I know we're here talking about Giving Tuesday, but um, just giving as far as thinking of our small businesses is many of our small businesses are still will do things like curbside. They'll work with you if you call something in. You know, I know the Mincino Book Company um you know, you can call them if you don't feel comfortable going out and shopping in a store right now, which I think is entirely understandable. Um, you can call them and they will pull something aside and you can get curbside pickup. You know, a lot of small businesses are trying to figure out how to do things online. So if it's that convenience, you can skip Amazon and you can still shop local without putting yourself at risk. And just as a physician, you know, um, uh, I'm still working. Um, I'm in Covalo Thursdays and Fridays um, in the clinic. And really, the people that are being exposed, the biggest thing is what you're doing in your home. It's not going to the Mendocino Book Company where there's, you know, six people in the store and you're walking around and you have your mask on. It's the community. Um, community spread, the small gathering. The, you know, too many people are indoors and, you know, Thanksgiving, et cetera. Uh, that's the biggest thing. It's not going into to your local store somewhere to buy a Christmas gift. The other thing that I'd like to point out that I was pleased to see that came out in a paper, it isn't that easy to get COVID from touching something. You know, everybody seems to be hosing down everything with alcohol. It's really the coughing and the droplet formation. It's not that somebody touched a bag of coffee before you did. Uh, yeah, that's you know that was one of those early um, pieces of information that we've held on to, which was you know people wiping down their packages and their, all of their groceries and doing all of that, and it really is doing those things like wearing a mask and washing your hands and not spending time in other people's spaces. Just just so we get some what's the number for the phone calls, Rich? Eight nine five two four four eight eight nine five two four four eight or seven zero seven area code. Or you can email us, too, at dj at kzyx.org. Just just to show you how bad things have gone, I did a show with the 10,000 Buddhists just just as a COVID thing. You know, California just went, you know, pretty bonkers because our positive rate went from 5 to 6%. That's why we've had the change in the colors, et cetera, et cetera. The positive rate for the Dakotas now is 53%. Wow. Now, I want you to just think about that, that the number one in two states, the United States with the most cases of COVID, have an entire state population. North Dakota is 750,000 people. California has 39 million people. They have a lot more cases. It's just mind-boggling to me, and I think it is a good pointer about masks. So, 
Yeah, yeah, and California has the second most number of cases, even though we are uh, one of the most populous, you know, but it's still, it's a small number um, out of our full population, but because we have such a large population, we are running second. Yeah, and the hospital is having a tough time. I want to make, I know this is about COVID relief, but the physicians and especially the nurses that are COVID nurses at UVMC, that they all they do is take care of COVID patients. They bathe them, they draw their lab, they change their bedding. Uh, that's the only people they see every day trying to keep the exposure to a minimum to the other people. I just want you to know that the nurses in particular in the hospital personnel in general are, are uh, doing a tough job when you've been doing it this long and may have to do it another few months. So, sorry, I had to say that. So, Rich, you have a question for Rose? No, I just, uh, I'm surprised we haven't had a call yet at 895-2448 because it is it is an ongoing challenge to try to take care of all of these uh, <laughs> vital um you know, it, it, I think of it in your job a little bit, Marvin, or your your job in, in the emergency room when someone comes in with a, a, an unfortunate car accident or a gunshot or something, and you've got so many areas to patch, which all of which are number one priorities. And it, it, it's hard to think that you can pass up one for another, uh, but it's a decision I guess you have to make. And we do now have a call if you want to take that call. Sure. Good morning. You're on. Online Hi. Hi. I have a concern and a question. So uh, just a couple of days ago, a family member died who lived in Navarro, a long-time resident. And unfortunately, the family surrounding him isn't um, supportive of mask wearing and social distancing, and they're planning a large gathering. And I'm very concerned uh, for the community because these are people who I've known them for years and years and years, and not only do they not uh, support social distancing and mask wearing, but they tend to have uh, gatherings that are fueled by drugs and alcohol. And I'm more concerned for the residents of the town of Navarro. Uh, You know, it's a little place, but... I'm just concerned for the community at large about what to do about this. And is there a number that I can call with this concern that this might be addressed by whoever is the public person who goes and addresses this? Okay. I'm going to first say I don't, I don't want to get off into COVID. I'm sorry I did. Uh, this is about the, you know, the community foundation but you can call public health, Dr. Corrin, you can call the sheriff's office. I think it's completely inappropriate uh, what's happening for your description and hope that they get some intelligence. Um, what do you want to talk about now, Rose, while we're We actually have another call, call, if you want to take it. Oh, we do? Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. On the air. Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys both for your commitment to the community here. Um, I've been a resident here for 10 years, but I um, feel like I lived here in a past life and sometimes wish I did. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just want to thank you guys and then bring up the question that I think all of us, um, I would like to see our entire community, the entire county, uh, and specifically the coast, since we're kind of isolated here on the coast, um, think about how we can come out of COVID 
in a better position than when we entered COVID. Like, obviously, things are going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of businesses that have been shut down. Um, but how can we learn from this? And one thing that has been on my mind um, a long time has been, you know, climate change and um, the amount of people being born on the planet and the resources available per person. And when you look at things, you can see that it's inevitable that we're going to be forced to localize. And so um, the problem we experience today is different than any other time in history because so many people are living beyond the carrying capacity of their local environment. So localization is going to be a tricky wicket for everyone to figure out. So I just wanted to propose to you guys, um, how. what are some things that you can see um, we can do and, and sort of take advantage of this opportunity of COVID to reflect and position ourselves so that we're better off into the future as we face climate change and other challenges our community will face. So, Rose, what, what do you all consider past COVID or what you're doing now that would help once, once we have a vaccination? Well, I, I think that the the comment about local is the most important part of that. You know, we all, I think, uh, individually have reflected on our own experience with COVID and what is important to us and what isn't um, that hopefully we can hold on to past the pandemic. But I do think that comment about supporting local is uh, the way to help our community continue um, thriving after, you know, beyond COVID. The Community Foundation, of course, we are focused on um, providing this COVID-19 relief um, to individuals, nonprofits, small businesses. Um, but we also um, we also have funds that we hold as legacy funds in perpetuity. So we keep a long view to make sure that we are still supporting the arts and education and environment and all of our um, safety net organizations not only today during COVID, you know, it's like right now we've, we are running a COVID-19 nonprofit relief grant program um, that nonprofits can apply for for assistance because they do not have the overhead that they need because they can't run those fundraisers like you were mentioning, Marvin. Um, they are going to have a significant shortfall and at the same time, money of their costs are going up because especially those safety net organizations are having to increase their workload to make sure that people are um, providing, getting the assistance they need during this time. And so I think that if we remember, you know, today is Giving Tuesday, today is an excellent opportunity to reflect on what organizations are important to you, what organizations do you think help our communities thrive, and give to those organizations. You can give to the Community Foundation, we have funds for almost every topic, but you can also give to your local organizations that you believe in, your local theaters, your local food banks, your, you know, your local arts organizations or environmental or animal, whatever really you believe in and that you're worried is not going to make it through this pandemic, take this opportunity on December 1st to give to those organizations and help them get through the pandemic so that our community can continue to thrive. And hopefully we can hold on to the things that we believe are really important um, as residents of Mendocino County. I think that's probably one of the most uh, important messages that we could do, give here is that if you're ever going to give in a year, this is the year to give because I don't know that anybody isn't hurting, you know, that that isn't not doing as well as they were. Um, Giving Tuesday for whatever moves you. 
you know, for the other call, you know, one thing, Jeff just put solar panels on my carport, you know, and now that I have my house rebuilt, you know, the one thing for the future that I'd like to see is us having more of a green community and having more um, solar energy and, you know, environmentally good, you know, sustainable forestry, that sort of thing. You know, Riffy does a great job uh, up in the northern part of the county doing uh, sustainable forestry and conservation. You know, I think if, if there's something to come out of COVID, it might be a reflection upon, you know, we don't have to be this busy. We don't have to drive our cars 47 times a day. We don't have to consume everything on the planet. That is the relationships. This, You know, if you talk to my daughter uh, who has a PhD in psychology, Amber talks the number one thing that Amber says is best for your mental health is your community. She says those people that have a sense of community and are involved in the community and participate in the community, be, be all these organizations we talk to, it's how involved you are in your community and family and friends is much more important for your mental health than your fur coat or your trip to Paris or whatever. I'm getting philosophical here, which is a little interesting. I'm sure to Rich. We have a call. Uh, okay, let's go. Go ahead, caller. Thank you for your patience. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Dr. Trotter and Community Foundation for this program today. Rose, I'm wondering if you could explain, um, you had mentioned it earlier in, in the program, the foundation's equity framework, and if you can explain what equity is and why the foundation is being intentional about this. Good question. Sure. Thank you so much for that question. Um, I think that, you know, this is something that we always are considerate of in the work that we do. And I know it has certainly been um, a hot topic issue, especially this year um, with a lot of the Black Lives Matter movements and all of that. So this this is, you know, predates any of that work, but is certainly on our mind as well. Um, so our equity approach looks at um you know, populations in each region. So we, we focus on Mincino County as being seven regions. So we look at the populations. We look at their ability to access resources. Um, and we look at um, other driving issues, you know, the socioeconomic. Um, we try, we really work with our regional advisors in each area who are volunteers that know their local community to guide us to understanding which programs can make the greatest impact for the communities that might struggle the most um, to be able to secure funding or to be able to launch these programs. Um, uh, and so that that equity framework is, is an approach to make sure that we are not just, you know, we don't just take a pot of funding and divide it equally seven ways and send it out into the community. We look at what each of those regions really need and what their access to resources is um, before we make those distributions. And that's true right now with the COVID-19 individual assistance that's available through North Coast Opportunities um, is that that was granted with that equity framework in mind so that some of the communities in our county that might not have the resources um, to see them through the pandemic or might have a harder time accessing some of those funding, you know, they might have a little bit more to help them. I'd like to also make a point that I think that that's one of the reasons that I've given so much to um, the high school and college scholarship funds 
because when you have the ability to take someone who um, has never been, no one's been to their, in their family, gone to college, like both of my parents, none of their siblings got past the sixth grade, but it was the education was the number one thing uh, in my family. And what a difference it makes when you take a, a one child in a family and they become an RN or a teacher or, you know, a physician or an engineer or whatever, and even an MBA or whatever educational edu- that you got, Rose. What a difference. I don't have an MBA. I have a master's in history, actually. <laughs> history. Fascinating. Okay. In any event, I think that, that uh, Ukiah High, the college, all the local scholarships at the high school, you know, I think that has, like you say, you have such a long-term downstream effect. Um, and that's where I think a lot of equity can come in because a lot of the students that Community Foundation helps, they wouldn't have gone to college otherwise. They wouldn't have gone out of, out of county or wherever. And, and a lot of them bring that education back to our county uh, and become school teachers. Yeah, we have a great um, kind of success story of a scholarship recipient from early on, who I believe uh-huh. was first generation, and ha- you know went off, went through all the way through her schooling, and then came back, works in our community, and now sits on the scholarship committee that no she received the scholarship from many years ago. Um, and so seeing those ways that, you know, that very direct link to giving back, but also that direct link to coming back and supporting the community that helped them, you know, kind of go out into the world and, and get greater exposure. What's that called? Is it called Pay Forward? Isn't there some book about? Yeah, is it- pay it. Is it Pay It Forward? I feel like that's a slightly different concept. Yeah. But anyway, it's 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 great for those people that received help to then repay that to the community as well. Yeah. And I think it's a great equity thing also. Yeah, you know, with our um, individual assistance, we also really wanted to make sure that we were supporting the populations that could not access some of that stimulus funding. Um, because when we first launched this, that, that was those early days when we were kind of waiting for stimulus funding and all of that. And we knew that there are people that uh, live in Mendocino County that fall through those gaps. And so it's been really great working with NCO and working with some other local organizations, um, such as the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and the Mendonoma Health Alliance, to make sure that that funding is reaching those people that, that you know, equity most. is a great issue. They have the hardest time accessing any resources and would be the first people, you know, out uh, on the street if they didn't get some rental assistance. Could I make a quick plug actually for some, some assistance that's available Um, for people that don't know it. There's also through the city of Fort Bragg, if you happen to be a city of Fort Bragg resident, there is individual assistance directly available through the city of Fort Bragg um, that you can apply for on their website. Um, And the, NCO is working with the city of Ukiah to provide a similar resource for residents in the city of Ukiah. So I just really want people to know that there is some help out there if they need it right now. I know that, you know, winter, Christmas time, holiday time is challenging in good years and it's going to be especially hard this year. So for the the people that missed the first part of the show, would you just take one or two minutes and discuss the community foundation again? You know, what you're trying to do countywide, how you exist, et cetera. Sure. The community 
Yeah, the Community Foundation was established about 27 years ago as something of a community treasure chest to steward local philanthropic philanthropic dollars to help uh, locals, um, individuals, and organizations throughout Mendocino County. Uh, we've always had a strong focus on what we call bridging the ridge, which means serving both the coast and inland of Mendocino County. And we um, steward funds that help in specific topics, uh, such as arts, animals, and education, environment. But we also have some um, specific funds right now, the COVID-19 relief program, which supports individuals, nonprofits, and small businesses. We also have the disaster fund, which helps respond to um, natural disasters. And, you know, we launched our, our Mendocino Rock, the long-term fire recovery team following the 2017 Redwood Complex fire. We responded to the 2018 Mendocino Complex fire. And we are currently in conversation right now to see if there is significant need for the Oak Fire and August Complex fire of 2020. Um, we also, uh, as a follow-up to the disaster fund in 2018, we launched the community resiliency and disaster preparedness fund, which is also really important for our County as we have seen fires year after year, um, that the more prepared we can be, um, can mitigate the impact of these disasters on our individual spaces. And so, we have been doing grant making for resiliency and disaster preparedness and that's another fund um, that that you can support to help our community prior to future disasters so it's community foundation no communityfound.org communityfound.org you can learn more about us you can see all the different programs we have you can go to um, the link that says for donors and that'll list all the different funds you can look at them by topic um, so yeah, phone? our phone number is 707-468-9882. Our teams are all working remotely, but we are all still available to assist. We're available by phone. We are available by email. Um, you can send something to info at communityfound.org and it'll find any of us that needs it. 